This week on Movie Time Machine, a toon-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he is accused of murder. This is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and bringing you this week's episode, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, released in 1986, directed by Robert Zemeckis. But before we get into our topic of the week, let's go around the table and let's do some introductions. First, he's our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge, James. Hey. And he's always living one year behind in the entertainment world, it's Casey. Hey, did you guys see that new Chris Nolan film, Dunkirk? And every day he dreams about being on Survivor. Jamie. The tribe has spoken. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. So what they say before they kill someone? I love Chad. He's like a Martian. Before they kill their their tribe spirit. (laughs) I mean, it's called Survivor. Do people literally die on that show? They get extinguished. The closest they've come, there was one guy on season two, since you asked, Casey, who passed out and fell in the fire. That was pretty rough. And then one... Whoa, did he die? No, he just got really badly so, burned on his hands. So he was a survivor? He was a survivor. Yeah. Well, and then the, shit. That guy should be closed. the winner. Right? I know. They didn't even give him the the money. Shenanigans. Bullshit. Go fund me. Let's do it. Let's pay for that guy's survivor money. Right? <laughs> Wait, how much did they win at the end of Survivor? Ten a bucks. million dollars. Wait, is that Somewhere true? It is a million? There. Ten <laughs> in a million. Somewhere. They have to spin a wheel. Moving target. <laughs> how great would that spin be? Spin the wheel of fortune wheel. You you win at the end of Survivor, and then you have to spin the wheel to see what your prize is. It could <laughs> oh, be like no. a Ford Focus. Oh, man. Or, <laughs> so great. Wait, you're saying like, a Ford like, Focus is a bad prize? Well, I'm saying like it could be like <laughs> right. a used like, 98 Ford Focus. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, Pinto. Yeah, like a Ford Pinto. <laughs> or what was that Too car good. that like was like that could the blow gremlin. up? A Gremlin or like yeah, eighty-eight Charger or something. I don't know. If you guys only knew, you're opening up so many wormholes. I could just Survivor nerd out on because there was a season where they did give away a truck, but hard pass. I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> like the the winner is like, oh, you get to go on to the next island. Are they really a winner <laughs> at that point when they were on Survivor? <laughs> I figure this is shit on Survivor. People. Well, right. no, Chad, I think you're onto something. Wasn't that one yeah. of the episodes? Uh, uh, yeah, Jamie, wasn't that one where, like, hey, you're gonna get booted off the island, and then it's like, if you go left, you can go home, or go right and go to like the smaller island, and then they had to work oh. their way back to the big island. There was um, shoot, I I only know about like Exile Island. That that might have been a thing. I did not see that season though. Yeah, the Exile I think it. sounds right. Okay. Cause now I'm thinking the way Chad says it, it's like, no, you're the winner of this survivor. Like what you get to do is go to another island for another nine months or whatever oh. it is. And now you have to fight <laughs> these guys. <laughs> like like you could choose to go home or move on. <laughs> oh Gross. man. So brutal. You guys and are gonna feel so take silly. Everyone that was on last seasons last season of the bachelorette send them all to an island for survivor <laughs> then while on the island they also have to do like a british baking show oh <laughs> dude that are you sounds referring so good to, uh, i love that show 
British they have to Milf ruin Island? The people from Big Brother. Oh, man. <laughs> Milf, Milf Island. Milf Island. <laughs> so, what's everyone been doing lately? I know, Casey, you've been chatting a lot about Jedi Fallen Order. Not to, like, get into it, but my work was super crazy over the summer, and it finally, like, eased up, so I've been able to shift back to video games, and I've been pretty headfirst into uh, Fallen Order, um, and it's, it's awesome. Uh, not to keep harping on how i stay you know a year or two behind in all entertainment but you know a classic game from a year or two ago and uh oh man i'm just loving it and uh yeah super fun i'm not a dark souls guy i haven't played many of those games and after playing this it's pretty much solidified that i'll never play those games because holy (laughs) cow does this game get frustrating at times but at least the payoff is worth it and uh, from everything I can read online, the Dark Souls series are even more difficult and frustrating. And I am not that good of a gamer to uh, to endure that. So I'm going to get through this one uh, in the next month or so. So, yeah, I'm playing a lot of Fallen Order. been real good. Other than that, we've uh, been watching now the great Canadian baking show because you were mentioning baking shows. My yeah. wife and I do enjoy uh, those. It's like one of the only reality things we dip into and uh my wife is a huge fan of Shit's Creek, and the first two seasons of the Canadian Baking Show um, has one of the Shit's Creek guys. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Dan Levy's in it, isn't he? Yes, thank you. Dan Levy is oh, one of the hosts. Awesome. He's the host of the first two seasons, and uh, on top of that, from what I've read online, and it's now we've, we're like two episodes in, and it's very apparent um, the Canadian Baking Show is extreme. Like everyone is so nice. It, like it's then they're the nicest thing. Even the judges. Like someone will fuck a bake up completely. Like they'll underbake it to the world's end and they'll go, Oh, you know, this this dough, you know, see it's a little it's a little tender. That just means it's a little undercooked. It's like they're the nicest people in the world. So in a twenty twenty <laughs> world post uh, election where everything's been so angry, it's been kinda yeah. nice to just watch something happy. And kind. All right. Right on. Hey James, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been watching season two of Happy. Does anybody else watch this show? No. Does anybody know what, I, what Happy is? No, but it sounds like a, something I'm in, unless it's a show called Happy that's really freaking sad. Uh, well, I mean, it can be a by Pharrell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like the song is constantly in the background. It's actually awkward. No, uh, I'd say the best way to describe it is it's a, it's Roger Rabbit. Except for instead of a rabbit, it's a uh, unicorn, and the unicorn is his imaginary friend. It's voiced by Patton Oswalt. Oh, I um, feel like I've heard oh, of this. I think I have heard of this. Yeah. Okay. So it basically, and so the way I can say it is, if you mix up Roger Rabbit and maybe The Boys, because it's got the humor and the gore and like the violence aspect of The Boys, but it's this kind of like really dark uh kind of he's not necessarily he's not a detective or he's or he's kind of like a pi vigilante is the main character and he just gets this imaginary friend who's helping him so only he hears and sees him but so when happy is like oh shoot watch out over there then like he is able to react to it and you know save himself from gunfire and there's lots of lots of (laughs) craziness going on but like i said if you can get on board with the humor of the boys with how disturbed and disgusting it is it's awesome <laughs> so oh, i recommend yeah, it. Uh, it it is on netflix is, is it christopher maloney yeah it's that guy is that guy he's funny <laughs> he's yeah, awesome it, is that similar His like expression. wilfred like wilfred elijah wood likes is the only one that can see that imaginary dog dude 
I only saw the pilot, I think, of Wilfred. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, similar concept. In, yeah, I mean, it's an imaginary friend. So in that mm-hmm. sense, I guess it's Drop Dead Fred meets Who Framed Roger Rabbit meets The Boys. No. So Perfect. I don't know. I, I recommend it if you are, can get on board with the crude humor and violence. Um, then also, then after watching one episode of that, and I mean needing to you know tone it down before bed, then I'll, I started uh, the last season of The Good Place because uh, I saw that showed up on Netflix quite a while ago. And, um yeah, that one's just that was just fun, like I don't know, NBC style enjoyable comedy. I haven't watched that show, but from everything I can gather on the internet, the last season was like fantastic, and you will be just a puddle of tears for a lot of them. Like it was really good TV. Oh well, I mean, it's leading. Yeah, it's leading up to uh, that. They're just humor in that, and the characters all together, they just work really well together. Like Ted Danson and Kristen Bell are, I think, play off each other very, very well. So. The Good um, Place and The New Girl are two like sitcom shows that are just on my list that I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, New Girl, I binged that probably, what, six months ago? Uh, and nice. Yeah, I love that show. So Sweet. No. All right, Jamie, what else have you been doing besides watching Survivor? Hey, yo, so I finished, yeah, the two seasons <laughs> of Survivor that are on Netflix. <laughs> Great television. Um, no, since we're talking about an animated movie, I was going to share latest and greatest movie that she's just had on repeat as kids do um i don't know if anyone's seen princess and the frog 2009 disney but oh yeah really underrated Uh, yeah it's been a while but i remember really enjoying it yeah i was that one just kind of slipped past our radar but no it's really good um new orleans jazz the music is phenomenal and i think um it's got one of the best disney villains Mr. Uh, Keith David from uh, They Live and The Thing. He's great. Um, so, yeah, check out The Princess and the Frog if you haven't seen it yet. It's uh, it's very good. Um, but otherwise, I just went on a random Indiana Jones tear. I Netflix had all the movies, so I watched all three. And Wait, wait, all three? There's more. Yeah, yeah, you know, the... Th- three only indiana jones movies that <laughs> oh, were made okay i was just curious <laughs> we just call them the three. the three the three then there's that other one that answers that other question which was going to be me asking how do you feel about the last one no but that's right. the same there's only six seasons of scrubs right <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, no seventh touche, I don't know what you're touche salesman <laughs> exactly yeah i saw it once so and if i see it again it'll be too soon now, question: Has anybody uh, did they dabble into the young Indiana Jones with what is it, Sean Patrick Flannery? Young Indiana Jones. I didn't. Did, you ever, did they this was a, just announced some new TV indie show? movies? That was a TV show, like in uh, like mid nineties. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about the one with like River Phoenix. Or no, 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 no. I'm thinking no. about River. Never mind. River yep. Phoenix played the young Indiana Jones in the third one. Correct. Yeah, but. I do remember the young Indiana Jones TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they, I think they tried to play it off like, hey, MacGyver's getting old, but check out this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> was it any good or was it just bad? I don't, I don't remember it being very good. I don't know. I think I, I never watched it. I know we had like in the house growing up, we had two VHS tapes with it. And I was like, oh, I should try to watch these. Or I could just watch the original three. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I would do. So how would you rank them really quick? Um, three. It, for me, oh. I, I it used to be one, three, two, but now it's one, two, three. 
for me. Raiders, oh. Doom, really? Last Crusade. Yeah. Oh, see, for me, it's three, two, one. Really? Oh. Raiders is your last one, James. And that's the thing is, I, th- I bet watching them more recently, I might switch. Three is still always my favorite, and I could switch maybe two and one back and forth. But I just remember watching Temple of Doom like it was my job growing up. But I can't <laughs> be sure if that was not because that was the only one we had recorded. <laughs> right. That's fair. Hold on. Before we leave this, too, I want to come back in as the uh, resident I'm definitely not a millennial, but I try to keep up with the trends. I really don't. I'm lying. But I'm really into YouTube, and I want to just pimp a couple of YouTube channels that I've been super into lately. And I think I mentioned it uh, either on the last part of the pod before, but Philosophy Tube. Um, I mm-hmm. referenced a video about specifically – oh, shit. Who was that about? That was about that douchebag, um, Steve Bannon. So yeah. I referenced one about Steve Bannon. There were two uh, – it wasn't really a two-part episode, but there's two episodes specifically about mental health that, holy cow, do they resonate with me just because, like, man, this this whole quarantine COVID shit has really gotten to a lot of people, I think, me included. Um, and he has one about uh, depression and suicide because literally the, the host of the channel uh, attempted suicide like four months before he made this video. Um, and so it's like super visceral and really, really raw, mm. but uh, amazing if uh, if you like any sort of like, you know, really good commentary on that type of thing. And then he has a, a future episode he did about um, abuse and trauma, specifically his own um, trauma. I don't know. Super good. Uh, so look for the one uh, on mental health and suicide and then the one on men, abuse and trauma. And then I also want to pimp out a channel I haven't talked about yet that I, I've actually liked for a really long time and they just dropped a new video. It's called Kirk's Kurzgesagt. Uh, I'm really bad at pronouncing it, um, but it's amazing animation. But all of the videos are basically teaching you some really high level scientific thing. Um, the most recent one is literally called "What if we nuke the moon?" and it goes over like what the science would say, like if you actually nuked the moon. Um, but there's really good, like really fascinating things on like. Uh, asteroid mining and they have one on life and energy and solar storms and just it's a it's a it's amazing um on how they they do this really crazy really well done animation style but they uh present these really high level um really meaty scientific themes and they do it really well in like a 10 minute you know 12 minute video with some really cool animations so uh philosophy tube i want to pimp out and kirk's gazat um k-u-r-z g-e-s-a-g-t um super really really good channel um i'm gonna pimp those out that's all sweet man that does casey so like now you just like open up this whole new world of terror movies to me where either terrorists get threatened to nuke the moon or like an asteroid is gonna slam into the moon and nobody's thinking much of it because they're like hey it's gonna miss earth who cares and all the scientists are like no no <laughs> we should care Dude, i'm telling you <laughs> get on oh, that yeah yeah, no, I, I'm just the idea guy, like Legogo. Well, there's there's another Kirk's Got episode that's actually really the the most terrifying one I've I've watched. Um, there's one about like what happens when nuclear, like what happens if you nuke a city, and it talks about like the devastation that nuclear warfare actually causes. Not just the fact that it 
destroys the city. It's like everything else that happens, right? It like the people within the radius get radiation poisoning and all of the is things this, that Casey, is this the one where it has like the animation of it? So yeah, like, it's like all, ca- everyone is a cartoony. It's very cartoony. Oh, it's actually kind of seen... childlike animation when they're talking okay. about really intense things. There's like little birds that are, that are very prevalent. They have little bird animations that are part of it. Um, You'd recognize they're all the same kind of uh, animation style, but this this dude, yeah. uh, this dude, this team of people um, make fantastic videos. And if you haven't watched them, you've got mm-hmm. a couple hours of really, really, really good content. Like I'm just scrolling through some of these things that I've watched, and oh my goodness, like they have one on a, a black hole bomb. Like what if you detonated a bomb in a black hole? They've got one on just like meat and why meat is the best thing, but also the worst thing for humanities. They've got one on wormholes and one on plastic mm. pollution. It's all very, very, very scientific stuff. Um, it's a lot of it's really heady, um, but they just do it in such an awesome way that it's super entertaining. Um, they're, I don't want to call them bite sized cause they're about 10 minutes long. Um, but they're definitely not, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes long. Yeah. Um, but if you got 10 minutes, man, they're really, really good, uh, chunks of good information. And I like to learn. So, so I'm pimping that one. Well, that's, that's kind of a nice segue. So I know you talked about, uh, having a couple hours and about mental health during the pandemic, which I think would be a good segue into, you need to watch this show called my octopus teacher on Netflix. Chad, yeah, I I heard about it and I threw it in my queue yeah. as soon as you texted me or texted the group. Yeah, it's uh, we watched it last weekend and I feel like it's like a perfect movie to watch right now. It's like a documentary. It's about this guy who lives off the coast, the southern tip of uh, South Africa, and he is a photographer and he was just out scuba diving one day and he started basically following this octopus that was off this reef and it just goes from there. And it's just weird. It kind of sounds weird at times, but it's it almost does like this sound relationship, weird. this relationships that it's almost that's forming between this octopus and this man. And it's, it's just amazing. And I, that's crazy. So I thought it was like about, a cartoon when you brought it up, but this like, just looking at the, the, the images here, that looks, it looks awesome. Yeah. It's, if you, it's like one thing to sit down, relax, you know, it's a nice, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I just tell you that, you know, so that's awesome. Yeah. They're supposed to be super intelligent, I think. Right. I mean, I suppose that's the whole premise of this. Yeah. It's just amazing what they can do with their bodies. Yeah. That's enough. (laughs) You know, like how delicious change colors and yeah, (laughs) but I can't, I'm not going to go into it. I would just highly recommend it. It's, um, I think it's perfect for the pandemic. So, oh yeah, sorry, um, not to circle back, Jamie. You're right. There is a Kirk Scott on the Fermi paradox, and that was the one that actually got me into the channel. Was the because the Fermi paradox is one of my favorite things to like ponder about because it blows my mind. That was the ch- the episode of of that channel that like got me into it. That was the first well, one that, that stood that out to is me that about. Um... Is that the things about like that's like if if there is intelligent life elsewhere, why haven't we seen it? It's like there's five different theories on why we haven't encountered other life. It's 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 awesome. It blows my mind. I love that stuff. Okay. So yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna throw that as a recommend. If if you're gonna look into that channel, the Fermi Paradox one is an awesome way to to get introed into that channel because that's the one that got me hooked. All right. So let's hop into our topic of the week. 
James, you picked Who Framed Roger Rabbit for us. Do you want to go into why you made this pick? I really like this movie growing up. Uh, also, just even it's been a while since I'd watched it. I just also thought that today I would probably appreciate it just as much, if not more, which definitely held true for me during this viewing. Uh, just it was so it's crazy to me, like 1988 and they what they were able to do with the not even so much the animation and that was still a feat in itself, but being able to make things move and uh, then put the animation in afterwards. So it was covering up. So it looked like Roger was grabbing things or bumping into things or, and any of the cartoons were doing stuff like throwing Eddie into trash cans and all this kind of stuff. And I just remember just even as a kid, just like that was so cool. Cause clearly I, you know, that it didn't hit me like that. Oh, these guys are real. And where's this universe? I wasn't that young when I watched it for the first time, but like even watching it now, it's just so amazing what they were able to accomplish. I just thought it, I just thought the movie was so cool. And I thought it'd be one um, to go back to my childhood, but then also one that I thought would still hold up today, uh, much like RoboCop. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, that's kind of why I picked it. Um, uh, I want to link the two, uh, uh, movies that we just did is so the uh, Monty Python. Uh, so two things that I was when I was watching the movie and looking up some stuff. Did you guys read that like Terry Gilliam was initially offered the job to direct this movie, uh, but he turned it down because of like artistic and conceptual differences or whatnot? Yeah, I'm really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what that movie would have looked like and with his kind of style of animation and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, if if it would have held up then, like, yes, it's, uh, I don't know, it's very interesting. Yeah. What the other thing find? was uh, John Cleese had expressed interest in being Judge Doom, but Spielberg and Zemeckis thought uh, nobody would have taken Judge Doom, like, seriously, or thought he'd be a, 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 a sadistic villain um, as a former member of Monty Python. So, I don't know, full circle with those two. I just wanted to bring that up. That's a good call. And back to your Terry Gilliam wanting to direct. Um, I was reading the Wikipedia entry for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I guess it was based on a novel, which was called Who Censored Robert Roger Rabbit by Gary Wolf. And I just read through the synopsis of that a bit. It's the novel sounds like it's a lot darker. So it makes me wonder if maybe Gilliam wanted to go kind of that route. Like, I guess Roger is kind of the villain in the novel. And they're. Uh, yeah cartoon strip characters rather than um you know animated pictures and i bet that may have had something to do with it although i don't know for sure i remember yeah i remember trying to read that because i appreciate the movie i tried reading the book when i was a kid too but it was leading in a different way that like i was like this isn't like the movie and so i kind of put it down the one thing i do remember is that since they were more like cartoon strip characters instead of being able to speak like they would have the voice bubbles oh, like their the head. word cloud or whatever right yep that was like the main that was like one of the main differences that i still remember from the book uh than to what was clearly going on in the movie but i, I never got super far into it well too it was like from what i read it was um the cartoons could make a like copy of themselves but that copy like that doppelganger version of them would only last like that whatever it would only last like a day or something like that so it was limited so it was so like silly putty actually, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and uh 
you know, like they slowly putty him off the, the comic strip in the paper. And but no, um, yeah. So like if the real Roger Rabbit actually is murdered, then it's like comes to find out the the doppelganger or whatever is kind of the one that unravels the mystery of it all. But yeah, it's like isn't like Jessica Rabbit and the baby. I can't remember his name again. Baby, baby Herman. Herman are like the the villains in it, I think so. Speaking of Eddie Valiant, um, I've had a couple whiskeys tonight, so I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to be in character. Keep is up with Eddie. Turkey? It's not, but I, we can pretend it is. As a kid, I don't think I until like I watched this viewing. I don't think I realized like how much Eddie drank in there. And I know they make plenty of references to him being an alcoholic or you know <laughs> drinking all the time. Like, but like we should change his name to Jack Daniels <laughs> or right? whatever they said in the movie. Yeah, right. And that never like occurred to me when I was a kid, but I think I was probably so focused on the animation as it was. So I don't know. Not to it keep does... pimping YouTube, but there's the uh, the <laughs> channel where it's like the oh man, what is it? The mistake, twelve mistakes or movie mistake, movie sins is I think what it's called, and they did one on Roger Rabbit, and <laughs> they called out many times about like what time of the day is it, and he's drinking already, right? <laughs> Not to mention this is a uh, for the record, and this might be a topic we need to breach real quick. This movie is rated. P mo fucking G, you guys. <laughs> That's where I was going really? next. I I think it it walks it walks a fine line. Really, uh, no, 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 like, no, it the, jumps over that damn line. You really? Oh well, man, I mean, PG I, does PG does mean parental guidance, so it's something you would watch. Come on, Jessica Rabbit, the, parental guidance. I mean, I'm she's just, not naked. Oh, it's right? a strip club she's scene, close. essentially. It's a jazz so, club. So would you watch this quote unquote that he had to like get through a giant monkey to get through and go to get a secret code word to go gawk at this cartoon girl? Well, so like when <laughs> he was watching it, was he just staring at Jessica Rabbit going lunch? Bro, no, he's he too old for fed no more. Come on, he's three years old. But yes, my daughter thought the same I thing. Don't, hey, I don't know how you act. <laughs> lunch. <laughs> So yeah, Chad. Funny story. Uh, you and your kid watched this one. Uh, tell us about that being a PG movie uh, in the '80s, but now it's 2020. Yes. Well, since it's PG, it means parental guidance. So I was watching it with my child. You guided him into I how to watch him, this yeah. film. Right. Right. And the Jessica Rabbit scene. Uh, I think I was trying to get his attention to get so he can get his PJs on for the night, and I was like, "Hey." calling his name i was like hey and he was just like glued to the tv screen wasn't hearing a word i was saying so that was pretty pretty funny <laughs> i had a similar reaction except for so megan and i were watching the couch megan had never seen this before but she was and so i was excited to get her take on this but i also know she was exhausted and probably wasn't gonna watch the whole movie so when the jessica rabbit scene comes on i'm looking over the couch and she's sleeping but i'm getting this like uncomfortable like god i hope she doesn't wake up right now because this i feel awkward and uncomfortable with jessica rabbit on this what screen. are you I'm watching, watching. <laughs> i know and, and, I'm, and i'm just watching this like essentially by myself now going on, i'm like oh this is inappropriate for me to watch <laughs> that's a scene like she can't guidance. wake up in the middle of like she has to start it and then see it through like yeah. you know what i mean you need, you need the context, context. You need the yeah context. <laughs> that or she probably did tell me like she did wake up and goes yeah i'm still out <laughs> her waking up would be legit the same thing as what's her face walking in when bob hoskins pants her down with jessica rabbit it's like yes, the same 100%. thing right <laughs> 
Well, can I say like uh, just talking about the movie, just kind of the flow of the film. Um, I really like how it starts out. Um, it's almost like it just starts out with like, uh, an animated short, and it has like you know like a lot of the old like kind of Disney vibes uh, animation style going with it. And I like how it ends with basically like it's it's cut because. <laughs> Uh, Roger messed up his lines, you know, and it kind of pans back from the the refrigerator being dropped on his head. And then you start getting the live action, you know, and the, the animated kind of mixed together. And uh, the segue into that was so brilliant, like yeah. just cut with the fridge and then you pop it open and there's this head. And it, it's like I was blown away at how often it made me think, hold on, this was made in the 80s without any computers like this is a masterpiece of animation. Yeah, they I think they wanted to do the computer animation, but they wanted to capture that style of like that early like 40s, 50s Disney era um, look, and they couldn't get that look without doing the no, hand animation. Yeah. So that's why they went with that. And I think the it was like maybe the lead animator or one of the producers on the film was saying like, yeah, you can do it. It's just going to be a lot harder so yeah I, I agree i think that opening is just so brilliant because it's it's it, exactly a stereotypical wb bugs bunny looking intro or tom and jerry or something right the two main characters and it's it's such a blatant ripoff and it's not a ripoff right because it's the whole shtick of the movie but it's so yeah. perfect to yeah. just like fall in line with exactly how cartoons were that entire opening sequence where he's like chasing the baby around. It's, it's literally, it's legit the same thing that you would see in like a Bugs Bunny or something cartoon, Tom but then Jerry. amped up. Yeah. But amped up with yeah. knives and, and fire and all that. It's just, it's such a brilliant yeah. opening. And then the segue into the, the, the refrigerator, it just, it's, I, I mean, I want to call it mind blowing, but Holy cow it's so good. Yeah, then like the baby pulls out the cigar. Oh yes, <laughs> Roger <laughs> pulls out the cigar. Yeah, excuse me, toots, and like pushes yeah. her on the side. Yeah, hey, it definitely Ron. like it's. Yeah, exactly. Like that whole opening scene, even right up until you see like Eddie, and he's just like tunes. Like it just sets the tone for the rest <laughs> it of the takes movie. Takes a swig of wild turkey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eddie doesn't like tunes because a tune mur- murdered his brother right his brother yeah 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 well and so that's a good segue too though the the cigar bit um it's super prevalent in the next scene with the baby and the cigar but the practical effects in this and i'm going to circle back to practical effects because we've talked about that in the pod a lot Mm -hmm. the practical effects they did to achieve a lot of this is insane they built specific handmade machines to do a lot of those scenes and the cigar one specifically they built a uh, a mimic machine where someone could wear like a glove and whatever they did uh, transmitted those movements in their hand to like a servo motor to move the cigar. So they hand built a machine just for that scene, just to get the realistic effects of the of the real cigar when they could have just made the cigar animated. But because yeah, yeah. And, same the they thing, did with like the guns too, with like the yeah. weasels and the real guns. Mm-hmm. Well, with the guns, the weasels and the guns, um, the behind the scenes footage I saw, a lot of the guns were hanging from wires. They did a lot of wire yeah. work to do that. Yeah, it was like a lot but, of puppeteering stuff. Yeah, but the 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 stupid cigar machine was. I don't. <laughs> I still go back to that. They built this damn cool machine just to do that. 
uh, I don't know, it blows my mind that they would they would do all this just to do that because the the rules I think in that universe is when you're not in Toontown, you're in real world human world, and so they refused to make that cigar animated because no 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 the baby is in the real world, therefore he has to smoke a real cigar and it can't be animated. So we got to build this whole machine for that scene. It was right. nuts. Right. Yeah, they did a lot of that. Like they built yeah. like machines like specific like for. Like the scene where he's like he's uh, has Roger Rabbit under the the water in the sink. Yep, yep. And as yep. he comes up, he spits out like the real water. They had like oh, a, brilliant, a, a special like spout or whatever for that. And then the um, it's a scene where like Eddie Valent and the other the other detective, I think, or where they're in like the office together, and like he gives he pours uh, Roger Rabbit like a drink, and he spins around in the chair like that glass is is a practical in that they built like a like a setup or like a, a frame or a machine for, to do that sequence in the chair and yeah, many other things. So it's just like in windows and mirrors, I kept on trying to catch. I'm like, I'm going to see reflection of something, but no, they covered it with shadows and an, a more animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost feel bad because I missed a lot of those really cool details the first time around. And then it wasn't until I watched some sort of like a recap or whatever that was just, you know, tell, you know, talking about how amazing that was. I was like, Oh shoot, I missed that completely. And that's the, the level of detail and intricate like work that went into this film is mind blowing. Well, and I just don't think we'll ever see it again because this movie costs $70 million to make. You know, I just, that's part of the problem is for a film made today, they're not going to throw that kind of money when they could just use CGI or something like that. So I think movies like this are really valuable because they did take the time and spend the money to make them look as good as they did. Well, what about when they make the prequel movie Toon Platoon or Roger <laughs> Rabbits in World War Two? I mean, he's fighting and he's fighting Nazi Germany with to save his fiance Jessica. Yes, that was a something that was in development and Spielberg goes, "Nope." <laughs> Holy oh, cow. Really? I, I thought you were kidding. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. No, it, like so th- my favorite one of my favorite things when I was watching this and like doing what I usually do, you know, looking at research on my phone on it when I'm watching the movie. I like yeah, I like when things are coming full circle cuz I was thinking while watching this going, "Okay, this takes place in what was it? It was like 1949, I think they were saying the year yeah, yeah. was in the movie." And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, so this is, you know, World War II, like, pretty recently in my head. Like, and they're still, you know, built, rebuilding everything. Uh, and I was like, wait, so where were the tunes around clearly during then? Or did the Nazis create the tunes and now we don't know how to get rid of them? Like, how, how did this all work? And well, as and I'm tunes like, can't die. Why wouldn't you just get a tune army to go to war? Just send you, yeah, just drop you 70 no. Sam right in the middle and just be like, go nuts, buddy. I know you're 100% American. Let's do it. Like, uh, so I don't know. I was thinking like about the World War II aspect of it. And then as I was researching, I read that premise and I go, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> like, amazing. that was a potential thing. So um, the Did other guys... thing I was thinking about was how much, go ahead, Jamie. No, I don't want to cut you off, James. You finish and then I'll go. I don't, Jamie, I want to hear you speak. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, while we're on the subject of cartoons and Nazis, if you guys have not seen some of Walt Disney's old, like, 1940s war propaganda cartoons. Oh, oh, yeah. The how does one become a Nazi? Well, let me tell you, Timmy. Oh, my God. They, they are. They're all on YouTube. Like, yeah, it's, they're uh, wild. Yeah, it's insane. Is it sad it's, that that's kind of relevant now to, like, show people to not become Nazis? 
Well, yeah, we could my, use more. I think my favorite it was anti-Nazi yeah, propaganda, right? It was anti-Nazi. It was like, yeah, how does one become a Nazi? Now. Like, well, and then they, they, my favorite part was like, they're like, well, here's a German. And then they show like this huge fat lady with like Vikings helmet oh, and yeah. horns coming out. And <laughs> it's just like, and she's yeah. just like, oh, like, I, like, I don't know. It's super super out there but also like if you're a, if you're a kid in the 40s like yeah why not <laughs> get a little How fear not to become on. a proud boy yeah oh, <laughs> i do want to see that propaganda that would be fantastic i'm in uh the other thing when i was watching this was how similar like because of the, in the feel to it it was of chinatown to me and i guess that was uh that was where they took a lot of this script from was there was because there was a movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. There was the sequel to it, uh, The Two Jakes. And this uh, screenplay, I guess, was loosely based off of there was going to be a third movie to it. And, like all the way to the point where Cloverleaf was like the town car that they uh, the government was shutting down to make us buy more automobiles. And like uh, the main character or uh, Jack Nicholson's character had a drinking problem and was like being, uh, he was doing some research on a woman that was not being faithful to her husband. Like it was just, it was like, I'm like, Whoa. And then instead you just made this into like a cartoon series. Yeah. Like, so yeah, no, it was, I mean, it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's something I, well, I haven't watched this for, I don't even remember the last time I watched this movie, but, um, this was a movie too that was a part of our I call like like the original Columbia House eight, like the first eight VHS movies that we like ever you spent got. a penny on it. Yeah. And uh <laughs> um I I never picked up on the uh like their uh, what's his name? Uh Judge Doom. Yeah. The villain in the movie. Like towards the end, he's talking about how they're gonna they're gonna tear down Toontown to build like freeways, and you're gonna be able to like, get off and onto a freeway. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> have motels and board. gas stations. Yeah, it's gonna be the literally end of America. <laughs> I didn't I was know like, this. Oh, but yeah, they this had... is like a film. This is like a film on uh, like on like uh, capitalism and gentrification, and <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, that was the other thing is the uh, was it the the bar or not the bar, the club scene where we meet Jessica Rabbit for the first time. Like uh, it's all like tunes are working there. So they're working and like they're the the entertainers, they're the staff, they're the Mm -hmm. bouncers, but only like real humans are being served and be like being able to be there as enjoying it. And is isn't that kind of like how it was in some different clubs, like where it'd be. Like African American would be the one, the owners of the club, and they would work there, but only white people were allowed to be there and spend their money. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, I was just like, I'm like, wow, this is actually a lot racier than I was thinking. I think that the target target audience was probably like, I don't know what baby boomers, like thirty to forty, uh, like thirty, forty, fifty year olds at the time. Uh, because I think they did a test audience of 18 and 19 year olds and they're like, this is garbage. But then they were trying to get the nostalgia of the Warner Brothers, old silly symphony cartoon people, like people that were like, yeah. Hold up, hold up. Chad, your your mic's super crazy right now. I, I, I don't know if it's recording that way, but both Jamie and I are hearing it super crazy. Oh, no, you, Chad, I could barely hear you. I got the keywords and started talking. Okay, yeah, I think it's I I think it's just you right now, Chad. I don't know if it's worth refreshing. 
Yeah, it's still yeah, kind of garbly. Yeah, you're still kind of buzzy. But while we're figuring that out, speaking of the idea, man, how about this? Jamie, are you into Grey's Anatomy? Pass. Oh, by association. No, that's why I've seen. that. Yeah. That's why I asked My Jamie. wife is super into it, though. Wife is super so into would, it. Would your wife be into this idea? It's Grey's Anatomy meets, let's say, True Blood. What happens is we're in a world. She likes that show, too. Yep. We're in a world where there's where there's zombies and ghosts and like uh vampires. They're all in real world situations, but they all work in this hospital. And the catch is like the <laughs> zombies are the brain surgeons, and it sucks because they want to eat brains, but they have such a slow, steady hand where they're the perfect brain surgeon. Or the vampires are like the cardiologists and uh, like they like can do things really quick so like not to bleed out, but also it's like they, they don't want to make the cuts because they want the blood. And then the ghosts are like the mental health people, like. But then the ghosts take on those people's problems, and like they start getting stressed out. Oh man! Next week on O Negative. <laughs> right. Hey, hey guys, does All this right. sound any better? Yeah, that you're back. Great, Much. That's good. Did you All change right, something? Sorry, what was that? Did you did you change anything? Did you like unplug your mic? I just something? went to my settings and that do anything. Oh yeah, yeah, you're okay. good now. Oh. Yeah. All right, Chad, you were saying uh, who is the target audience, so go for that again. Oh, yeah, I was just like, who is the target audience for this film? So, Well, like, it's it's rated PG, so you'd think it's it's geared towards the kids that like the cartoons. In fact, this is, like, the first and only time that they got all the different cartoon characters from different studios right. all together. This was legit the first time that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse, I think the first and only time, the Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse were like on the screen right. together in that scene where Bob's falling and they uh, Bugs gives yep. him the, yeah, uh, the, the the anvil or whatever. They had to specifically make sure that Bugs and Mickey were in the scene for the same amount of time because they couldn't, you know, overturn one another. And they specifically made sure that Bugs was the one that gave him the anvil or whatever, because Mickey wouldn't do that as a no. character. <laughs> like that, They were very specific no. about that scene specifically. It was nuts. Well, there was supposed to be like a like maroon cartoon, like they were supposed to be like a maroon's funeral scene where like Superman's coddling Lois Lane. And uh, there was like, again, like all these other characters, but they were able to get the rights with Disney. But if as long as or Warner Brothers, I should say, is because it was a Disney movie. So as long as, yeah, like you said, the Disney Warner Brothers characters were on the screen for the same amount of time. And then who... I can't think of like was it RKO or something. I can't think of like who like did the Superman and Felix and those guys. Like they couldn't get the rights to that, so they had to cancel some of those scenes. Well, I think they had to pay per character. So at some point it was just not within the budget to like pay for additional ones. But they could throw in Speedy Gonzalez at the like very last finale scene. Actually, like that's, that's a good point you bring that up because that was one of the, the most fascinating bits that I saw when I was watching some like behind the scenes stuff was that last scene. Every single character in that last scene had to be drawn on their own cell. So to do that last scene, they had upwards of like eight or nine inches of cell sheets all together. Because, you know, they had to, like, draw it on the cell, put it in this, like, camera rig to actually film it. And so, like, think about that. Think of nine inches of papers stacked together. 
Like that's the amount of thickness they had to do just for that last scene to get every single character because every single one in that last scene had to be drawn on their own like piece of paper at that point, their own piece of film. That's nuts. That blew yeah, my mind. Amazing. I was like, holy cow. And they showed some, and the, the behind the scenes I watched, they kind of showed that camera and it looks like a, you know, six foot long rig where you've got a camera and you've got all these things in between it. And, and you put all these, you know, cells in between for all the animation, but to, to have eight inches, like uh, that big of a stack of these cells just to draw those characters. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you think eight inches is big, I yeah. guess. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the, was it like, there's like 80 over 82,000 frames of total animation. In this Ugh, film, it's nuts. Like it took like two years alone just to do the animation because I I messed this up in the beginning. I th- I said eighty six when this film what came out. It obviously, it came out eighty eight, but it started filming I think in eighty six. Um, but yeah, the animation part yeah. took like the the longest of it because they they shot and a lot they, of those. They scenes. couldn't go reshoot. Yeah. yeah. So they shot shot oh, all so the one and done first, and yeah, and they would shoot. They had to put the they had to put the whole movie together, I believe, like like it was a finished product, so the animators could mm-hmm, then just work right. with just that. So you couldn't like, yeah, redo it, like you said. That's a good point. Let's get into more of the technicalities because that's what really fascinates me. Is not only did it take like the two years to do it, um, but I, I you, Chad, you mentioned it in kind of our chat, but like the whole the whole like sight line concept because i haven't to this day i can't think of a movie that does real world and animation Uh, obviously you know if you have computers it changes things a little bit but like even now in 2020 um, a movie back in what it was was released 88 Mm -hmm. like the there were very few bits maybe the most prevalent of it is when uh uh valiant is in toon world he looks a little out of place you know one human in a whole tune setting but um tunes in the real world it didn't really look that bad it all it looked really darn right. good to be right. honest yeah because they had to do a lot of the uh the was it like aspect ratio or like the they had to do the different ratios like if the character was like deeper in you know, like into the scene or closer to the camera so they were actually like mm-hmm. you know as roger is walking away they would actually have to draw a smaller version of him yeah than, or larger versus mm-hmm. like i saw some that brought up the movie cool world which i haven't seen but just the clip they're showing it's like oh yeah they they didn't use that same technique so the the animated character it looks like it's just kind of floating on top of the screen while the other mm-hmm. like the live action character is kind of moving you know um three-dimensionally or whatever like moving like the depth versus like the, the animated character didn't have that depth so that really made like these animated characters seem more alive when in contrast with the real world and that also makes you're going to get a kick out of this too it just makes me think of like um like Star Wars, like the reason why I I just like how Lucas really dropped the ball on like the, the prequels, because there's a lot of that in those prequels, you know, and like the you have great talent in those movies, but it was just they were just given poor direction and poor scripts. And, um, you know, it's just all about having like everything look great, but they didn't nail the, you know, cohesion of 
making those the live characters mixed with animated characters, uh, even if it's computer animated. So and I still see that even like current movies today still like um, even sometimes in like the Marvel films, it's just there's something that's yeah, not, not yeah. connecting there. But yeah, when you mix remember- real life with CGI, it doesn't it doesn't always end up pretty. If I remember correctly about Cool World, I mean, I was lost in Brad Pitt's eyes for most of the movie, but uh, a lot of it, I think, was like when Brad Pitt was walking through animated scenes, it was very clear that it was like he was walking through like basically a stage set where it'd be like plywood painted to be cartoony like all around him. And then they would have the one animated character talking to him. So they just had to focus on like one like cell of cartoon if that makes mm-hmm. sense like and then everything else was very it was already on the stage that he could work with yeah and i think that's a really good example of the sight lines too because it, it just didn't from this again i haven't seen the whole film but from the clips i've seen it just really doesn't look like he's looking at the characters that he's interacting with he he's he's looking off into space he's not adjusting his eyesight and you know i don't think it's really on the actor i think it's on the animator right right yeah. um there's a specific scene in robert and roger rabbit that uh i think it's right before they go into the studio um to like confront uh, uh the main guy at the studio to see if you know and then he gets shot and killed but there's a point where eddie valiant's eyes eye lines aren't looking at roger so the animators like went and found a way to reanimate him a little bit and put him up against a wall and have him stand up a little taller just to kind of make that look a little more natural and honestly like i didn't notice it at all when i watched the movie but then i watched the this the you know deep dive into kind of the animation style and i was like holy cow yes if if he hadn't done that or if roger hadn't gone you know up into up against the wall and kind of gotten a little taller uh, that would have that would have felt very foreign and not right because he just wouldn't have been looking at this person. It, it just looks like he's he's not acting with another actor. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that they filmed it and the way they got the sight lines down, as, as much as that's a a super point of emphasis, as much as they got the sight lines down, it made it fe- it made it feel like the real life actors were really acting and engaging with these animated characters. Yeah, too. And to do in your yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go off the rails. I was going to say, no, go ahead. Casey, in your, no, no, Casey, you go ahead. In your, <laughs> Casey, in your deep wait, dive, did wait, you? Wait, wait, go, go ahead. Okay, go wait, ahead. G- Jamie, did you say something? Uh, no, sorry. I, I zoned out God, for sight I lines. I love COVID. I love the run Zencaster. <laughs> no, oh, can you, I sir? just say I miss uh, you guys? I miss you. Yeah, I miss everyone. You can say that. <laughs> yeah, this, I like being, you know, Wait, I'll, stop trolling. I'll, I'll stop trolling. I'll stop trolling. I like being apart together, but we were better at this uh, when we were could see each other's eyes. Um, no sight lines. Dive, it all comes back. Yep. Comes back to sight lines. Casey, did you in your deep dive? Did you read about that? Uh, there was a scene where Doctor or not Doctor Doom, <laughs> whatever Doom. Uh, he basically said uh, he killed Bambi's mother or whatever. What? what? No. There was a whole lot. Right. Had, they cut yeah. that, yeah. They cut that out, or it didn't make um, their point. Yeah, in an early version of the script, Judge Doom was revealed to be the one who killed Bambi's mother. <laughs> oh man, that's a great Easter egg. I think like if they would have like if they would have set up through, like a scene where like they did flashback style stuff, where he's like, 
It's true. I tried to mess with you guys at this time. If I would have got away with it, it wasn't for your darn kids. And like he's like, they're showing like him sniping Bambi's mother, laughing with this crazy like, <laughs> and then just like takes off and then do, does something else. And like he's Lex Luthor's like all down on his luck because he can't figure out how to destroy Superman. He's like, have you tried dip in solid form? And it's oh, I call it kryptonite. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Okay, now I'm just yeah, like I said, off the rails. Uh, Jamie, what do you think? Oh man, I'm so I've just been learning a lot from hearing about sight lines and line of sight. I, I feel like such an idiot over here. I'm like, what were my favorite scenes? And I just can't help. I um, but it kind of goes back to who is this film made for? And I'm a I was a big fan of cartoons growing up. You know, Looney Tunes and Disney, obviously, and. Man, this time watching through, I'll be damned if I wasn't laughing out loud like an idiot when um, Daffy and Donald are doing the dueling pianos. Oh, like, yes. It's yeah. just comedy gold. Awesome I, Donald scene. Duck. Brilliant. It's so good. So good. Donald Duck just gets does me. They, I don't know what it is. Does anybody know what this duck is saying? Well, hold on. I want to talk about that scene specifically. Not only is that hilarious, but if you go back and watch that, the, again, back to the animation style, it's freaking amazing. They've got, uh, uh, like, this, again, these are animated characters in real-life scenarios, and you've got perfect reflections of these characters in real-life pianos and things like that. Just the way that they, they mastered the like actual interaction of these animated characters on physical objects. Cause these were real pianos. These were not animated pianos. Nothing well, in the, the scene was animated except for the ducks. It was pianos, so good. The piano stools had to be rocking back and forth. Yes. I mean, sure you can have player pianos like we'd expect that much, but uh, specifically the scene, I th- uh, the part of it where God, I remember which one of the ducks was like playing both pianos, had his legs crossed around it, and the camera's panning between it. It's this gorgeous yeah. shot, and you can see the reflection of the damn duck in the damn piano. It's just so well done, wow. and it's like those little details. Like who, who? I didn't notice it when I first watched it, but like going back, I just oh my gosh, I just uh, I appreciate it so much. As the Mary Poppins penguins are holding trays with drinks on them and walking back and forth. Thank you. I think we watched the same YouTube recap because those were we've talked about some of the similar like awful animation sins that happen. That's a, it was a really good recap. Jokes on you. I had not watched a YouTube version, but now I want to I want to dive deeper into what you were looking at earlier too. Oh, are you talking about damn? Are you talking call. about like the scene in Mary Poppins where the penguins are on the table, but she's like staring at their feet. Yeah, that's, they, that's what they that's the scene they used to legit call out sight lines uh, in the one that I was watching where I was learning about sight lines. So good on you for knowing that before watching a, a recap. But back to I'm a dummy. Uh, I'll watch recaps. Back to the uh, like the penguins, though, in in the club, that entire scene, too, was built like on an eight foot high stage to have like the to do the special effects. So, like there's people with there was like uh, slots into the stage and they would have on, on like these poles or whatever, the um, trays that the waiters had. And they were like, go, um, got, uh, gliding through those, to like go under like some of the actors and do some of those scenes. And they had all different kinds oh, of like so uh, props being, you know, strung up or, um, well, they had to have like the, what was it? An octopus bartender. Like puppeteers, like just like dancing bottles all around. And then they'd have to animate, the bottles into the hands of the tentacles of the octopus. Yeah, puppeteer. That was the Not word. To I was drain it completely. completely. 
not to drain it completely, but that scene specifically where Jessica's doing her dance and walks up to Valiant, like the way that she can interact with him, pull on his clothes, sit on his lap, and it's just not a moment did you like believe that she wasn't in that scene with him. It's just like I, I don't you could do that in 2020 and I don't think you could get that done just as well as that. It was just so good for that cross between animation and real life. All right. Um, one, one of the other things I was reading was uh, when they were trying to cast Eddie Valiant and, you know, they had several different options in there, but one of them, like they were like, Hey, we should try to get Bill Murray, but we don't know how to get a hold of him. And then like Bill Murray hears about that, like, you know, 10 years later and is like, what the hell? What? <laughs> like, he's like, I would love oh, to do what? that. This movie would have been a lot different with Bill Murray. Like what? So different. <laughs> I, well, and I think they said they um they had Tim Curry like pre Hold on, I'm looking it. I'm looking at the list right now. The first choice for Eddie Harrison Valiant Ford. was Harrison M. F. and Ford. And Chevy Chase, who wasn't interested in the course. Yep. Bill Murray, uh, and then Chevy Eddie Chase Murphy. doesn't like fun. No, Eddie Robin Murphy. Williams, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Ed Harris, like all these people <laughs> were chosen uh, first. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I, I don't think it would have been the same. Oh, no, I don't think it would have been the same at all. Like, th- that's one of those where, where they'd have to rewrite a bunch of stuff. It'd just be it'd be different. But I would still want to watch that movie for sure. I think uh, the other one I saw was Tim Curry did like a. He like was in the running for being Judge Doom, and then they said he was too scary. Yeah, <laughs> saw that. I could and I'm see like, that. Well, I believe that. He's like, well, fine. I'm just gonna go make this clown movie instead. <laughs> Speaking of scary, uh, I want to bring that up too because when I was a kid, holy cow, did Judge Doom spook me? Like I remember oh, being 100%. very, very scared from Especially him. Especially when like the, um, the cartoon eyes pop out of his head. Yes. <laughs> That last scene was absolutely terrifying as a kid. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Remember me, Eddie? <laughs> like his voice is just insane. <laughs> oh man. And like, not to—I mean, it's not a slag on the movie at all, but like, you know, from the first time you see him, that he's the bad guy. So what a good movie! That <laughs> right. He, they don't even hide who the bad guy is. <laughs> you know who the bad guy is from the damn jump. Uh, but to, to like get to the the motive and everything was was a good yeah, trip. He comes in, he's like executing tunes. He kills the shoe. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Just like yeah. this, yeah. the well, shoe and- comes out of a box, and you're gonna right. murder him. Okay. Well, and they keep calling him the judge, and I'm like, but what kind of judge is he? Because also, like, judge and executioner, he judge just picks Dredd. up the shoe, and, like, he's like, here's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, here, let me show you what Dip does, and he puts the one moldy shoe in there, and he's scared Poor out of his shoe. mind. What did, the sh- what did the shoe do to you? Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, how is there no consequences here, judge? So confused. You know, that actually circles back to a little bit of, Chad, I think you talked about how, or I don't remember who it was, talked about how mm-hmm. this was a good kind of, uh, I could kind of call to like, uh, you know, how, you know, back in the day, jazz clubs were owned and operated by African-Americans, but only, you know, only white people went to them. Like, if you think about it, that's actually a pretty good correlation to, you know, oh, this big white dude uh, calls you guilty and executes you right on the spot. Sounds kind of like uh, modern policing. That's right. Due process. No With more. all the animation. <laughs> With all the animation tricks that you guys are talking about, so no one mentioned that there was the stop motion animation uh, that showed up with Judge Doom when he got rolled over. Yet, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the no, steam I didn't. That was great. <laughs> yeah, the steamroller. So like, I, yeah, I was like watching it. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of 
they did something different. I thought for sure it would just be animated when I was recalling what was going to happen in my head. But no, I thought they did a different Doesn't type he, of animation the, there, which was cool. How's he get his shape back? Does he like blow into his thumb or no, air compressor, he, yes. air compressor, air compressor yeah, or air compressor. Yeah, okay, that's what it was, which I always assumed is helium, is but brilliant. then why wouldn't he be, a, that'd be even more terrifying, like a flying right. judge. Doom. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Um, Fun fact, Robert Zemeckis still has the stop motion model of flattened Judge Doom in his office. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, speaking of Zemeckis and obviously Spielberg, um, the this was crazy in terms of, like, I think it was three different studio three different studios, uh, Warner Brothers, Disney, and something else that I'm not thinking of. Um, oh, it's the, the one the that has characters like, the, that, like the droopy and like uh, yeah yeah those those characters to be able to get all of this was like a one of a kind to get all of them into one movie and it'll never happen again and it's really just because everyone wanted to give Steven Spielberg a blowjob like that's literally this is everyone in the industry sucking up to Spielberg to say yo 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 we want our guys in your movie uh, honestly. I don't think something like this would ever happen again. If you think of the amount of cross pollination between different industries, mm-hmm. not industries, but different uh, uh, studios and things like that. I don't think this will ever happen again. This is kind of a one of a kind thing. Well, is it like the kind yeah, of pull well, that, I mean, this isn't animated, but like when yeah. Marvel getting like Spider-Man <laughs> since that's that well, property owned by think- Sony. Well, I think this is the first movie ever where like crossovers were like introduced like and then now they do it yeah yeah in all the mm-hmm. time with different like yeah. yeah with marvel and all that but case i gotta say spielberg he's always left me satisfied and smiling i will let him go <laughs> so what was what um, was spielberg's role in this i, I think i missed this he's just a just producer blowjob um, man yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll think about it he like produced uh Big back to the future bro. like steven spielberg presents back to the mm-hmm. future right Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steven Spielberg just, presents Suck My Dick, Get Your Animated Dudes in This. I'm Steve, sorry, Chad, yeah, cut Steven that out. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. <laughs> like, he just had his name back uh, behind so many things where they would come up to him. I mean, Back to the Future, like, the time machine was a refrigerator till Spielberg goes, maybe we should make oh, it a DeLorean. Is that this an Amblin film, then? Uh, I'm it is. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it's an Amblin. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, well, hold on. Stop. Elaborate. Amblin, it's uh, Spielberg's... Uh, Oh, Amblin. Okay, yeah, the, the yeah. group. Oh, the the, the little uh, dude on the bike, the yeah, ET yeah. bike. Uh, That's Amblin. Elliot. Okay. Am you mean Ambien <laughs> film? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, with Spielberg, or well, I guess like you were saying that uh, this would never happen again. I guess they tried doing this again with Space Jam, and. Disney goes, no, we're good. And like <laughs> Warner Brothers was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, so we're never working with you again. So if you watch Space Jam, there's all these Disney jabs that were never in the original script because they were like, we had this like handshake deal and you guys just said, screw you. Oh, wow. Yeah, but Space Jam was a classic too, so it's fine. Hmm. Yeah, that was Disney's loss there. Yeah, exactly. That was a good flick. We should do that on the pod. And Space that's what Bill Jam. Murray's like. What? Bill Murray's like, well, I can't be Eddie Valiant. I'm going to be myself. And <laughs> nope. I'm going to crush the All-Stars. And I'm going to play golf in the movie. Right. Or the Monsters. Larry's not comes, white. Guys. Here it comes. Here it Larry's comes. Larry's clear. Here it comes, guys. Ready? Ready? I've never seen Space Jam. Ooh, we should do it then. <laughs> we should. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I don't, I don't Dad, think you're going to hate it. It's, it. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, you should watch it with your kids. I think they would love it. Oh, Lorenzo yeah. would oh, yeah, love probably, that movie. Yeah. So, shoot. 
Hold on. Rewind. You should watch it with your kids. I think your son would okay, love that right, movie. Right. We'll see if we cross that Because it, it's, it's a totally family-friendly movie, and it's super fun. And I know LeBron's going to remake Space Jam or whatever. I don't care. Like, the original Space Jam, Michael Jordan, Bill Murray, Bugs Bunny. You really can't beat that. You can't beat it. All right. Favorite scenes. Uh, Jamie, you said it was the dueling piano scene. Yep, dueling duck pianos. That's probably my favorite, which leads into Jessica Rabbit. So two for the price of one. Oh yeah, right. Good call. What about you, Casey? You that would pick that as your favorite scene. You <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I I make a comment or say something in the chat, I'm always just waiting for Jamie to uh, make some sort of perverted comment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. You know, I think honestly, I think. I think my favorite scene is probably the end. I think the the whole thing where where Bob Valiant is it is his name Bob Valiant? Am I getting Eddie. that right? Eddie Valiant. Eddie, Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Sorry, his name's Bob, Bob Hoskins, Hoskins. Yeah. and Eddie Valiant. Yeah, I'm, I'm. So when Eddie is uh is doing the whole like dancing for the stupid like shoot they're not hyenas what are they they're the weasels the weasels. So when he's doing like the stupid dance of the weasels and singing, oh man, I just it gets to my heart. It's so cheesy and so bad. I love it. And then the whole like awful, I'll kick awful you in yeah. the <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> for a PG movie that's already dropped sex and death on us, you're not going to say balls, okay? But either way, <laughs> like the fact that like he just gets these weasels to die laughing, yes, <laughs> stupid yeah. freaking spirits flying in the sky. But not only do their stupid spirits fly in the sky, but they do it just after enough deuce ex machina to get the like sprayer to keep going after him. So there's this never ending tension of, Ooh, is the sprayer going to get him? Because you know, they clicked the thing just at the right time. It's just so dumb and amazing. This like tension that builds where like, come on, like for the amount of time that there's that, that Jessica and Roger are hanging from that stupid thing some dip had to have hit them and there's no like ah i'm burning you know you know what i'm saying like come on but it's so good that there's just this like uh uh constant tension the uh eddie and the weasels all that good eddie and the weasels sounds like a metal sounds band like a good rock eddie and the weasels awesome. and there's then, gotta be a band name <laughs> and then when eddie is about to fight uh judge doom he whips that sword out and it's this stupid fudging singing sword who in the right mind like i don't understand a, where I that think, came from but it's such a swinging left, sword oh it's so good that- <laughs> it's so good this it's like a yeah. frank sinatra sword i have no idea but he whips it out and he just starts it's singing i don't witchcraft. know <laughs> thank you it's so good uh the whole the whole last part of the movie is i think my favorite it just climaxes so well yeah. with with yeah. that tension and then the death of, of yeah. judge doom where first of all he gets sprayed in the fudging face with this dip and it doesn't affect him it's not until he's standing there in the dip where he starts melting none of him is melting until he's standing in the dip and melting um and then obviously <laughs> you know the big ending with all the characters you see all your favorite tunes from your whole mm-hmm. childhood um, and then Porky Pig walks in and kind of seals the deal with a blah, 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 and, and, and it's done. It's just so good. The ending is is so clutch to this movie. It's so good. Uh, you forgot about Tinkerbell whizzing by him because you can't have just Porky. You needed to. Oh, think of too. how much money that costs just for Tinkerbell to whiz by. <laughs> what about you, James? <laughs> uh, 
both very good scenes. Uh, for me, I think it's the when they're in the speakeasy and the shave and the haircut thing, and he's like, I think. I think the judge has gone mad and like Rogers trying to like, well, and that whole, anything that's going on in the speakeasy, like running into the light. What did you call it, Casey, earlier? Like where they had to get all the sight lines and shadows, oh, right? Oh my goodness. That was a brilliant scene. That's, uh, they purposely, yeah. they purposely were like, no, hit the light. And then we're going to, we're going to oh, figure this out because it's developed so a new cool technique. So that, yeah, let's, let's, the light. let's talk about that. Yes. Let's Bumping talk about light, that. Yeah. Bumping the light specifically was a technique they talked about because it traditionally in any animation and, and up until the scene, they were like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's make all the light sourcing static. Let's make the cameras as static as possible. And the filmmakers, I don't know whose decision it was, whether it was a filmmaker, the animator, they're like, no, 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 Spielberg. Let's yes. Let's make this effing hard. And so they specifically hit that light. And if you watch that scene, you can see perfectly that as the lights flying around the scene, the lights swinging around back and forth, left and right, the the shadows on Roger not only are perfectly in sync with it, but they even like they took into effect. Uh, t- sorry, they took into account that his ears are probably thinner than the rest of his body, so they like made his the the light shine differently through his ears as opposed to how it landed on the rest of his body. They took so much like perfect detail into just that scene, and if you want, there's no reason like film for for the sake of the film to have that light swinging around, especially while he's like sawing off his handcuff. There's zero reason why they need that light to spin around other than just to show off and say, no, 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 our fucking animators can make this look amazing. And so if you watch that scene, it's so good. The lights just, it's, it's perfect. Uh, how they do that within the real life and within the animation um, showing the light kind of bouncing off of the perfect. It's, it's like a master class in how to do some sort of real life and animation mix up. So yes, I think that's my favorite scene. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. A combination of just all that. That I mean, and then you have like the handcuffs where he's like holding the table. The table's rocking. The handcuffs on, off, on, off, and then the chair spins. Like just the animation and everything else that's happening with the real life stuff. It's just watching the scene is just kind of mind boggling. Like how they could do all that stuff. It's just I don't know. It's so it's so cool. So Chad, how about you? Yeah, I don't I can't really think of a favorite. These are all really great scenes. Um, this is I don't, this isn't like the best scene in the movie, but for sorry, I always like this scene is when he first drives into Toontown and it's just like all the trees and like the, the sun and they're singing that song. It's like smile, smile, smile. And there's like all this crazy shit going on in the background. And it's yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't remember the song, but yeah, it's it's. That's a catchy yeah, song too. Just kind of this kind of surreal. <laughs> this world is just fucking kind of crazy and just it kind of like the old kind of like rubber hose like animation style and it reminds me a lot now of like playing Cuphead, but um yeah. Oh yeah. Did anybody ever play the Roger Rabbit uh Nintendo No, do you game? have it? What? I yeah. have it, yeah. I might I mean, have multiple. I can get, can get a 20 second review. I love it. Well, the re- <laughs> as a child, the main reason I love it is when you go to like different, uh, it's kind of like role playing in the sense where you go to different, I don't know, bars, rooms, whatever in the real world and uh, like to, and they have like the bubbles come up or they're talking and telling you where to go next. Uh, but the best part of it was you could get in Benny the car and fucking go all around town trying to get away from the weasels. Uh, like that part was probably the best. Um, but that's one game 
like, you know, when you're a kid, you're playing those games nonstop until you beat them. I've never beat Roger Rabbit. It's like the most difficult. I remember this game. I think I had a nephew that had this game or maybe I rented it or something, but I'm just looking at the screenshots. I'm like, yeah, I've definitely played this game. For sure. Um, Sorry. Oh, so yeah, Chad, yours was the Toon World. I just wanted to go over Oscars really quick with it. So this did win a few of them. So uh, best film editing, best visual effects, uh, best sound effects and sound editing. uh, And then and it got a special achievement award for the animation direction and creative uh, creation of the cartoon characters. Well deserved. Um, Otherwise, best picture that year was Rain Man and best actor was Dustin Hoffman for Rain Man. Oh. I mean, legit, but come on. Where are the noms? Do you have that? Well, this is a fun fact. Oh, never mind. I got into film editing. I was like, well, this is fun. Die Hard. <laughs> no, that's like, that was fun. I was like, I was like oh my God. What? <laughs> I'm like, how did I not know that? Uh, the nominations for Best Picture that year was uh, Rain Man, Dangerous Liaisons, Mississippi Burning, Working Girl, The Accidental Tourist. I think I've only seen Mississippi Burning of, well, and Rain Man, of course. Um, and then actors was Dustin Hoffman, Max von um, Gene Hackman for Mississippi Burning, Edward James Almost for Stand and Deliver. Oh yeah, we've all seen Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. Did, did, weren't you guys? Weren't you guys? How do I reach these kids? No. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. <laughs> I've seen the memes. That meme right there. Yeah, you know, it's I. I feel like it's a movie that everybody had to watch in elementary or middle school on at like the day before a holiday. Oh, <laughs> so, no, Mississippi um, Burning was my school then, movie uh, out of that, out of those choices. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Otherwise, uh, one in here uh, for uh, best actor nomination that I wish probably would have won Tom Hanks for Big. Oh yeah, was that is an amazing movie. Oh yeah, oh, he's really good. I mean, Tom Hanks. He's a national treasure. Tom Hanks, funny guy. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Uh, Otherwise, if we go over uh, movies, popular movies in 88. So, yeah, like I said, Die Hard was in there. So, um, Scrooged. Oh, um, best Christmas movie right there. <laughs> uh, Big, Twins, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Earth Hold Girls on, time out. Easy. Die Hard and Scrooged this year. Those are the, like, the two best Christmas movies, aren't they? One is a that Christmas is two movie. Best Christmas movies. I what? have not seen Die Hard. <laughs> really? Can we do that for the pod? I've Are never seen what? it. Are you fucking want to watch it? We certainly should. I've never oh, seen okay. it. Yeah, for real. Are you serious, Casey? I'm I'm not lying at all. I've never seen Die Hard. Any of them. None of them. Man, because the first two are Christmas movies. Die Hard yeah. and Die, Die Harder. And Die Harder. <laughs> Die Harder. Yeah. Another we should anim- record a Die Hard one and then save it for next Christmas. We should. I, <laughs> that's, I'm a on board with that. that's Christmas spot. Save it for get, 11 months. Or I can just re release it like I did Christmas vacation this year. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I was just, I was, I Googled us today because you asked what was so good about that pod. And I was like, shit, I barely remember recording that one. I should make sure I was in that one. And I was barely remember it. Um, Two more that I was just thinking of that I'm sure everybody here has seen. Well, Chad, you had to have seen this blood sport oh, yeah. out that year. Oh, Kumite, that has like the, the the opening like uh um what do you call it um bunch of scenes put together montage, montage. is fucking awesome montage that whole movie that is, is, fun. A, that that is, whole movie that is, is a montage, montage movie 
Yeah, no, that is. Yeah, I, I actually watched that movie probably like three months ago. It was I sh- it showed up I think on Netflix or Amazon, and I was like, I love this movie growing up. I gotta watch this like before I go to bed. And yeah, that's definitely one I watched all the way through because I couldn't stop. <laughs> and then I do started doing. Well, then I started like deep diving into like this is based on a true story and everything you read on like the guy it's based on this, like whatever Ted yeah, Dukes Frank or Dukes. whatever his name was, uh, Frank, <laughs> Frank Dukes. Dukes yeah. yeah. Everything you find about this guy is no, he helped write this screenplay. Nobody knows where this dude came from. He has no like credentials, <laughs> he but he, this, he claims this is his story. This is, this was his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so fantastic. I was like, I want to know more about this guy. I need a documentary about this guy. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, and then last but not least, Short Circuit Two. <laughs> terrible, terrible movies. Ooh, All right? Yeah, this was a rough <laughs> year. <laughs> oh, Do you... oh, sorry. Another Christmas movie. Ernest. Ernest saves, saves Christmas. Christmas. Oh, rest in peace, Ernest. <laughs> Ernest. Ernest P. Oh, Whirl. Jim. All right. How did this movie do in the box office? I got one more fun oh, fact. Fun factor. Chad, was it was it the la- was it the other Christmas movie, The Last Temptation of Christ, <laughs> the original? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's a Martin Scorsese film right there. Chad loves Scorsese. Does he though? Hey, Jamie, what was your fun fact? Um, no, Chad oh, you'll appreciate this, James, and it's kind of Christmas related. So, um, the voice of Betty Boop—that's what's so great about this movie too—is you have a lot of the original oh, yeah. actors. Yeah, so she did Olive Oil, but she was Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah, Betty Boop. I like. I liked when I was looking at that part of it when I was doing the research. Uh, it was talking like, hey, this is Betty Boop. Uh, like, Betty Boop was the original voice actress from, she did, like, she voiced Betty Boop from 1932 to 1939, and then in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, what? <laughs> right? Like, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like that. That's insane to me. And then I don't know. I mean, I'm happy she was still around and be able to do it. I mean, Eddie was right. She still yeah. got it. Yeah, but I, I gotta call that out. Why is she the only one that didn't transition to color? Mickey Mouse was around before color, and he transitioned just fine. And she, in her scene, she's like, "Ah, oh, things are different now that cartoons are color." Bullshit. Mickey Mouse was color. What happened to you? Yeah, but I, I think that's Mickey... uh, I think that's sexist. Well, wait, hold on, I think hold on it's, now, hold on, uh, awful. hold on, hold on now. So that the color Mickey Mouse is animated different than the black and white Mickey Mouse. <gasps> is it so there? But well, there you go. Are there multiple Mickeys in I this universe? So. What happens that's when good, one Mickey meets the sequel. other Mickey? They have gang fights. Like Steamboat Willie is trying to just attack. Yeah, like, yes. What happens? This bo- Christmas Carol. Boatload of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just get some knives and start fighting. How great would that have been if like Betty Boop was like. Like things have changed since cartoon went to color, and up I was considered too risky, so I had to work in a place like this. And then yeah, Bob's right? just yeah. a rabbit comes out. Hold on, we got to get to Jessica Rabbit one more time because they specifically animated her breasts to bounce up instead of down. Like they, they she was animated to be anti gravity. Just I in noticed her that. You may not have noticed. You may have noticed. But I'm excited. Jamie's like, "Yep, I noticed that." Check. <laughs> Check saw that. I was on that sight line. <laughs> oh god! Wow. Oh, god. Oh. Damn it! How that's the best. Deal? No. Jamie, I'm I'm giving this to for you. a box yeah. office or just. 
critical appeal. Let's go. I need more from Jamie other than TikTok. Yeah, let me see more Jamie. Let's hear the, let's All hear right, the I'll try and class it up reviews, a little yeah. bit here. <laughs> Come on, English major. So, I'm trying to find <laughs> some reviews. Princess hey, of the Frog. Some... <laughs> how, how was it? <laughs> well, let oh, me tell you goodness. about my sight lines. I'll give it a 32. <laughs> what was I looking at? <laughs> oh, you I guys. I love it. I hate to see your comic so book collection. Each, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of uh god what's her name sonia the don't red do what's it. her name don't do it <laughs> no i'm not gonna do it so box office numbers like i said they had to spend a boatload of money to make it so 70 million uh, wikipedia said 50 million but imdb said 70 so we'll go with the more um they got a budget of 50 and then they went over by 70 i think or maybe it was 30 and they went over by 70 no, I'm seeing yes. 50 as well. I think you're right. 50 was maybe the predetermined budget and they went over. I think, yeah, I think that sounds right all around. Um, oh, no, sorry. It, no, I know what it was now. It was 30 million. Like, it, let's say, uh, let's say Warner Brothers or, or Fox said 30 million. And then Warner Brothers was like, oh, well, screw that. We'll give you 50 if that's what you need. And then they did it by for 70. Gotcha. So lots of money over. That- <laughs> and. Two hundred fifty yeah, to three hundred thousand dollars per minute for anime cost, animation cost. Just to put the- that's nuts. Oh my <laughs> god! Jeez, and I thought lawyers were expensive. Um, so sorry. A box office made one hundred fifty-six million domestic, and then three twenty-nine million worldwide. So that's a bona fide hit. Um, I think it was the most profitable movie of that year, or at least it made the most at the box office. Something like that. Um, and then critically, uh, let's see, 97% critic on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% audience. It's, uh, well, that, I guess that makes sense. You have more of the Hollywood crowd who appreciates the history of the film, you know, the film noir genre, and probably just the amount of work it took to make this movie. So that's probably why that skewed the and other way. It takes place in LA. Um, <laughs> seven point. Yep. And it takes place in LA. Then you got a 7.7 IMDb rating with a Metacritic of 83. And I got to tell you guys, it's kind of fun to read the not so um, positive reviews on Metacritic because, you know, where you read something and you just think, like, I don't know what would make you happy, you know? Right, right. Yeah, who doesn't like this movie? It's just so You know, well kind of like I said with like yeah, RoboCop, I'm... like I kind of watched this movie in a bubble too. Like I watched it, you know, it's like, First time I had a VCR and like, again, one of like eight movies we only had at the time. So I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. So like, I thought it was awesome. And then, yeah, I just, I didn't realize, you know, I kind of lost, you know, context of didn't realize like how big this movie was. So it's crazy. Even with like the critics score between audience stars, I think that's still pretty, pretty high. 84%, 97%. It's got a pretty high average on IMDb. Were... Metacritic 83 is pretty damn good. And I think I read that like Roger Ebert, uh, like Roger and Ebert. Uh, Roger Rabbit. Siskel and Ebert. I'm like, that's not right. Sorry. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert uh, didn't, uh, they gave this like two thumbs down or whatever. Like they didn't like this movie. And then uh, they, so they thought it was uh, like, everybody was like, oh shit. <laughs> like what's going to happen? Cause they pretty much, they were the only critics. They ruled right. the world. They made her, they oh, made yeah. her broke movies mm-hmm. back then. So it, it was insane that this movie was still able to crush what it did. Cause nobody cares. Yeah. 
Also, I might be mis- mixing that up with Home Alone as I just watched the making of Home Alone on Netflix, and maybe is that's the movie they thought was really bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's, old it's, actually, I'm pretty positive that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's got a hundred from Roger Ebert on the uh, Metacritic, but it's hard because he will go back and like re reevaluate his not so great reviews. You know, he's done that in the past for certain Revisious movies. Yeah, Revisionist reviewers, yeah. That's a, that's, that's our next podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> really quick, another fun fact. Uh, did you know, for Star Wars fans, Lieutenant Santino, um, the guy that's like, uh, with Eddie Valiant earlier in the film, if you look familiar, he's the guy who gets force choked by Darth Vader in it. Yeah. Now he looks familiar. <laughs> Wait, who now? <laughs> who? Who? Lieutenant Santino? Yeah, who are you talking about? It's like, yeah, okay. who's Lieutenant Santino? The, Casey, like... okay, so remember, there's a guy that gets force choked, and then he goes down, and the guy goes, the guy goes, we'll double our efforts, or whatever. Yeah, 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 no, no, and Roger, and Rabbit, though, who is he? No, he's, he's the, like, oh, he's the guy that's like the oh, other isn't detective. He the guy that says, like, um, the rabbit cacked him last night. No, he's the pepper. guy in New Hope that says, uh, we will not be swayed or feared by your sorceress ways, Lord Vader. Then he gets fucking force choked. He will yeah. deserve yeah, yeah, the other side of the conference out. call. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that to the? Yeah, come on. You don't say that to a Sith. <laughs> oh man, Mandalorian, so good. <laughs> Dude, I can talk. About... Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Anyways, I'm gonna play some Jedi here in a minute. So this movie holds up. Is that all? Thumbs up for everyone. This is yes. Yep. Oh my this goodness! Stand withstood. Oh my the, goodness! It holds up the ravages of time. So definitely check this out. The uh, only thing oh, I want to call out, like at one point, uh, Eddie gets on that train or that the uh, the train car, right? And he gets freaking cigarettes from yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like part of me was like, oh my goodness, and I went, well, it's the forties. Yep. I know. Now you got to be twenty one. Like yeah. I just found this out recently. I'm like, wait, what? Oh. No, yeah, this I think this holds up so good. I can't think of anything that I mean, and it's kind of a cheat code, right? You make a film set in the past, so you know how the past worked. Um, but I, I can't think of anything in this film that really doesn't hold up <laughs> nowadays. Doesn't uh, still kind of make sense uh, in in today's scope. It was just so good. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Still want to see Roger fighting Nazis, but I do appreciate that you guys all like this movie because, uh, Chad, I was definitely close to going with Armageddon, uh, but I'm glad I went with more of a classic movie. Armageddon yeah. out of here. All right, for Jonas, next time, I think you know we're going to do the movie Beetlejuice. So, all right. Yeah. But before we go, Hold on, you Beetlejuice, say it three Beetlejuice, times Beetlejuice. Before, I watch before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. Remember, new episodes drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to moviemachinepod at gmail.com. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at moviemachinepod. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.